0: This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. In a good air of Shabbos, I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is Chai FM, 101.9 Chai FM, and I'm delighted to be with you on this air of Shabbos where we are about to celebrate a very important, exciting, and historical Shabbos, the events in the Parsha are exciting, exciting indeed, but they're also challenging. And today we want to speak a bit about challenges. These are things that we all encounter. They've been encountered by individuals and particularly by Jews and particularly by the Jewish nation throughout the millennia. And of course, the journeys personal and general through exile to redemption are all clearly prototyped for us in the stories of the exodus and the redemption from Egypt. We are up to the fourth the fourth portion in the book of Exodus, in the book of Shmois. The first one, the descent, the terrible backbreaking breaking and spirit-breaking labor, the birth of Moshe, and the beginning of setting the stage for what would ultimately result at the end of last week's Parsha and the beginning of this week's Parsha, the Exodus. And the Parsha this week begins that it was when Pharaoh sent out the Jewish people from Egypt. So they're on their way. Where are they going? They're going toward their mission in life. They're on their way to receive God's Torah. They're on their way to receive the Torah at Sinai and then the troubles begin one could think that everything now is going to be alright hundreds of years of slavery have come to an end one could think that Baruch Hashem they've left Egypt and please God they're facing the promised land there's a promise of tomorrow the Egyptians have pushed them out go, go, here, take these gifts just get out of here they realized when they began to see the plagues some of them realized that this is not usual but the tenth plague, when the firstborns were dying and others who were not firstborns were dying oh, they just wanted the Jews out and there it was Two and a half million, nearly three million people are marching out. And it was a wonderful, wonderful moment. And immediately, Pharaoh pursues them. There's a sea in front of them. They run out of food. They run out of water. And by the end of the narrative, because this spans just about six weeks... By the end of the narrative, they're being attacked by a brutal enemy who cannot bear them. So when you're trying to do the right thing, thank God certain troubles have been taken away. And now you just want to do the right thing. You want to get to Sinai, you want to receive the Tyra. And somehow the obstacles begin to come in. You're being pursued. You run out of food. There's a sea in front of you. The enemy's attacking. You have no water. Of course, one can begin to question, what is this all about? Why do I need this? Where is God in all of this? But again, the story of the exile and exodus from Egypt, which was our first exile and exodus, our first golos and Geulah, holds the pattern. It holds the entire map for what would happen to us personally and nationally throughout the years. And so we need to look very carefully at this Parsha to see how did they manage with these obstacles so that when we're on the way to do something, to get something, to achieve something important, How are we going to manage the challenges? Because it's a given. There will always be challenges. We want to examine, what are these challenges? Are they real? Are they illusions? Why does God put obstacles and challenges in our way? And amazingly, today is a very important event, an important date, in the Jewish calendar, in the Chabad Hasidic calendar. Today, 67 years ago, the Lubavitcher Rebbe became Rebbe, accepted the mantle of leadership. 68 years ago to the date, his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak was nistalik, he passed away. We want to look at all of this in the light of the Parsha and to see how is it that there has been great success and advance in the area of people finding out about their heritage where at the same time, unfortunately, so many people are slipping away from their heritage. What can we do about it? In our own lives as well, there are times of great spiritual joy and height, and times when we're despondent, when we feel overwhelmed by the challenges, by the materialism, by the coarseness of the world around us, and by the lack of development in ourselves. We wish for better in ourselves that we're able to be more mature, more sensitive, more involved, to prioritize better, and the challenges are daily, minute by minute, etc. And here to explore all this with me, backed by popular demand, is Mushki Barber of Mauritius. We had so many wonderful SMSs so many people I met in this past week, Mushki, said, Please bring her on again. It was the best show we ever heard. One lady said to me, I always enjoy your show. But the absolute best show you ever did was last week. And so welcome again, Mushki. Thank you
1: so much. Wonderful to be here as always. Very humbling to hear that, but not at all. I'm honored and humbled to to sit across from you and chat to you about these very pertinent and
0: challenging issues I must tell you you say it's humbling etc I want to make a point when I come into the studio when I prepare to give a she or whatever whenever we try and do something which in truth is a stretch You know, it's Erev Shabbos. I'm in the kitchen cooking. It's Erev Shabbos. There's a home to run. There are visitors in the house. And we do have a busy Shabbos. We actually cook and pack up and go to our shul. And it's a big undertaking. It's not, so to speak, the day of rest. And it's a weekly thing for me to say, will I really be able to do this? And I'm reading and studying, trying throughout the week, whatever. And every week I take a deep breath and I say a psalm of Tehillim. And I totally know that this is not going to be about me. And the reaction of the listeners, the reaction to any time that we do something, you get back much more than you can imagine because it isn't us doing it. So true. It's not us doing it. We're small people. How is it that Chabad, in these past 40... 46 years, it will be 46 years in a, in two weeks' time? That's it, almost How? There. How? How is it? And we need to know, and we will talk about it, that it's not us. When we do something that god wants he blesses it with infinite success we'll be right back after this short break this is conversations with mashi lipsker a good nerve Shavasan mashi lipsker with me in the studio today's mushki barber and we are talking challenges and the prototype of national challenge is described in this week's parsha and we see that every time there was a challenge And it seemed absolutely impossible to overcome. Somehow, a door opened. Somehow, the sea split. The heavens opened and the food came down. Water came from a rock. And a small nation was able to vanquish, subdue a mighty warrior nation. The question is how? The interesting thing is, to me at least,
1: often a challenge won't look like a sea in front of you. Often, a challenge doesn't look like the nation who's chasing you. If, a, if we were to look at someone else's life, often we say, oh, they have such an easy time. If only I had their peckle, if only I had their package, I would be so fine. But of course we know that Hashem Taylor makes each person's package just for them. And we don't have to think to ourselves if it doesn't look like a raging ocean it's not a real challenge Hmm. if it doesn't look like an army chasing me why am i getting frazzled by this hiccup life is giving me you know so often when people especially in south africa when i'm traveling out of mauritius will see me see us oh you live in mauritius such a holiday You guys must be on vacation all the time. And yes, it's a very relaxing life there. But first and foremost, I would say I would never want to be on vacation all the time. What sort of life could that be where we're not pushing ourselves, where we're not facing challenges in order to become stronger and grow greater and reach higher heights? What's the idea of gym? Obviously, there's the concept of weight loss. But when someone is lifting weights, why would someone lift weights? You create an obstacle for yourself in order to create gains, in order to achieve higher purpose in whatever field it might be. And whether the challenge in front of you looks like Mount Everest, like the Jewish nation, it literally how are they going to overcome this great challenge? or whether the challenge might be something that in the eyes of someone else, meh, not such a great deal. To you, you've been given your strengths, you've been given your weaknesses. We've been given each thing that we need to overcome that challenge, and we need to know that no challenge is ever there just to overcome it, and then it's left in the dust. Any challenge that we get is a step higher. You know, I've always loved the analogy of a kid running up the down escalator. How many of us have done that? You know, we look in the mall at the down escalator and, you know, challenge yourself. How how quickly can you run up that? And the mother shouting, you come back down here, right? Don't you run up that escalator. You will fall, you will. But what is that idea? Life is a constant moving Challenge and that escalator that's going down that's life. What are we? We're the kid climbing up that escalator. Now, what happens? As much as that kid will move, he will go higher. As long as his legs are moving, as long as her legs are taking her to the next step, she will keep moving up. The minute she stops, the escalator will start bringing her back down to the bottom. And yes, obviously life is much more than a escalator going up or going down. But as long as we are moving and ch- and capturing and we keep grabbing one step at a time, we are moving up. The minute we become complacent and say, you know what? I don't want to take on any more challenges. I don't want to take on any more struggles. I don't want to. I'm, I'm too tired. I'm too. No, it's not for me. That escalator is going to be pushing us down and we're going to. There's no such thing as standing still in life. Hmm. It's all about moving higher and higher, and each challenge will bring us to that next milestone. Hmm.
0: Well... You're, you're giving me the, the lead as it were something I wanted to say at the beginning. And that is a, a shout out to our dear listeners at our parents home because when one thinks of it, it's not a place of choice to be living in an institution, of course, and to see some of those wonderful people and how they not only make the best of it for themselves, but for one another. So true. And I just want to say hi to all of you and also to say to the listeners, if there's anyone out there who listens and would like a shout-out on a Friday, it would be so nice and such a pleasure for me not only to greet you, but to be reminded that you're actually out there listening and smiling. And um, like my dear friend Rivka, Who said to me this week on the Wednesday sheer, she said, it's always good, but last week, nothing can touch when Mushki was here. And I thought that was absolutely generous and absolutely heartwarming. We know people are listening and we know that they're gaining. You know, it's, I think it's such an appropriate point that you, that you talk
1: about because almost sitting behind a microphone, in a, a radio station, can seem like you know you're talking sometimes in life. You know, we, we open up the book of Psalms, we feel like we're praying. Sometimes you talk to your spouse, you feel like you're talking, but you uh, the it doesn't seem that then anybody's home. It feels that you can call your child's name 10 times in a row and eh, no response. But there always is someone listening, there always is a response, there's always a ripple to their actions and the words that we do and say. And the challenge of the ocean in front of the Jewish nation to me is a very powerful point that it wa- what was the challenge? It was a challenge of water. What is water? Water can symbolize many things. Water is life's greatest blessing. Of course, we know in Cape Town how the entire city is suffering how you know that they couldn't have imagined that it would lead to this water can symbolize one's tears the struggles one has been through water can symbolize the flood the great flood that took place with Noah so what is water standing in front of one I propose another little idea when one sees water, it can be the idea, not just of a little bit of blessing, but we know that with a drop of water, so much greatness can happen. And imagine a sea of water. To the Jewish people, what happened to that water? The, Jew- the water had to split in order for them to traipse across the ocean and make it to the other side and water can seem insurmountable at times but sometimes a little word of prayer can give us that boat as it might be to take us across <laughs> and you you picture the the a drowning person their arms flailing in the ocean and god says you know what you're not going to be you're not going to be that nation i won't leave you between a rock and a hard place i'm going to make sure not only just that i carry you through But I'm going to build you a highway across. Hmm. I'm going to pave you a road because you are my people. And Hmm. so often we can, like we said, you sit in a radio station talking on a microphone. You can feel alone, but you're never alone Hmm. because we are
0: his people and we have each other. Amazing. So let's go back to the beginning of the Parsha when they're facing this incredible challenge. Behind them is the army, bearing down with horses and chariots and warriors and Pharaoh himself leading the way. Frightening to a nation whose mentality is a slave mentality. For 210 years they've dwelt in Egypt. 86 of those years have been bitter, bitter, harsh exile. And they are broken. Somehow they're out, and their worst nightmare comes true. The Egyptian army is bearing down on them. And there's nowhere to run, as you say, Moshki, between a rock and a hard place. In front of them is this ocean, this sea. Behind them is the army, and the people panic. And at that time, we're told that they actually divided... Their opinions were divided into four. What shall we do? And a group of them said, Well, let's give up. We'll never overcome them. Let's give up and go back to Egypt. At least there we know what awaits us. Another group said, No, let's fight. We're going to fight these guys. Still another group said, It's no use. It's no use to try and fight, and it's no use to go back. We know that life. Let's just throw ourselves into the ocean and drown. And there was another group, and they said, No, no, let's pray to God. And Moshe turns to Hashem, and Hashem said, Now is not the time for any of those. Phenomenal. Now is not the time even to pray. It's not the time to fight, it's not the time to give up, it's not the time to drown, there's one thing you need to do. And as we said at the beginning, everything here is a life's lesson and a lesson for the nation, how are we're going to make it through the journey of exile, which is nearing its end. And what was the instruction? Daber el or el Speak to the people of Sa'u and let them journey. Where? Go forward. March forth. Where? Into the sea? That's like suicide. Into the sea? And the answer was yes. And as you say, Mushki, sometimes you have the insurmountable in front of you and you just don't know You feel so small. You feel so vulnerable. How in the world am I going to ever do that?
1: I remember a cartoon, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have have seen this. It's of a man who's picking away at a rock, and he's hunting for, for treasure, and he's breaking forth through the cave, through the mountain, and on the other side of the cartoon you see all the diamonds. And, you know, after a while he gives up. And he turns and leaves. And what happens? He was just inches away from those diamonds.
0: This is the point. However, let's go back into the Parsha. Very often, we've tried so hard. It's true. You know the story of the guy who was knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And he eventually gave up. And a split second after he left, the door opened we don't realize how our actions our deeds our words add up and we are making a difference in the world with our goodness with our kindness with our uplifting others with the coin to tzedakah with the extra word of a brocha with the extra mitzvah i think sometimes
1: it's about knowing oh you know, I'm, I'm at my end. I'm at, I can't go any further. And at that point, it's about knowing now is when I got to push myself. Hmm. When I feel, you know, throw in the towel, jump into the ocean. That's it.
0: Then you got to push. Then you got to march forward and oh, hold yes. your head up. Yes. Amazing. So we need to remember that God telling them to march forth brings to mind that the Jewish nation is called Sivoy Sashem, the army of God. How does an army function? An army has a very basic ingredient. A soldier has to have a basic ingredient, and that is that he is devoted to following the orders of his superior. It's not about what's going to happen to me, because the idea where a soldier is even superior to a slave is that a soldier is ready to die. The goal, winning the battle, is most important to him, whereas somebody can be a servant, a slave to his master. But the question is something we call masiras nefesh, which is, it's not about me. So true. I need, not I need, there's something that needs to be done. Not what do I need, but what am I needed for? Yeah. And, you know, you, you
1: pointed out what happened when, when the, the rock and the hard place closed in on the nation. They split into four. And I, I think that's almost a wonderful thing. Why? Could you speak about a soldier? You speak about an army. Every personality is different. Everyone's mind thinks differently. And let's take it a step further, not just the army, not just a group of people, but within each of us, we can feel all those pools. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Am I crazy? Why am I thinking all these conflicting thoughts? But when it comes down to it, there's something that trumps all. What goes above and beyond? Action. March forward. Sometimes you sit and you figure and this and think and this way and that way. And that's when we lose that moment of if you go now, that obstacle, what will happen to it? Just as with the Jewish nation, they marched forth and and the sea split. You walk right through them and that obstacle will become a miracle. I love that. That obstacle will become a miracle. But you have to know that if you don't take that step. Your miracle may never be revealed to you. You won't find those
0: diamonds on the other side. Sure. So in terms of the sea, there was one man who took the plunge. His name was Nachshon. Nachshon, the son of Aminadav, a brother-in-law to Aharon, had that complete mysterious nefesh, putting himself aside and saying, if this is what God wants, this is what it's about. And he jumped in. And he was up to his neck... Before the sea actually became a miracle became dry land and that's the point Hashem puts the challenges in front of us, nothing happens except through Him big and small but when we do our human best, we're not infinite we're not superpowers but when we do, we stretch to the maximum of what I can do Hashem throws open the miracle chamber. In fact, that's why the challenge is there, as you said, to grow us. We need to understand that whatever Hashem puts into our lives is tailor-made for us so that we can grow. And then there's a secret I want to share. Mushki, you mentioned all these options that come into play. Should I keep quiet? Should I shout? Should I withdraw? Should I give up? Should I leave? Should I stay? And basically, we have a teaching that in our hearts, we will hear a message of what to do, but it's the first message. That's called the Yetzer And he whispers very quietly, don't go there. Say that now. It's hard for you to say it. Don't say that. Stop. Go. And then a louder voice comes clamoring in, and that's the negative side. That's the Yetzirah. No, you deserve. Why? you? uh..." And very often, the noise convinces us. But if we breathe and lead with our heads, the first message is the godly message. The godly soul is saying, don't do that. Please say that. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm uh, Mashi Lipsker, it's Erev Shabbos Parsha's Bishalach, Special Shabbos called Shabbos Shira. The custom is to feed the birds before Shavas because they helped us in the desert by eating up the manna. That could have, God forbid, interfered with our faith. Whole other story. Coming to the week of Tu the new year of the trees. But the day we find ourselves on today is an historic date. It is the 10th day of Shvat. And Yud Shvat is the day of the passing of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. And when a year later the seventh Lubavitcher Rebbe, formally took on the mantle of leadership. The name of the previous Rebbe was Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak. And we want to look at that name in relationship to the Parsha and indeed in relationship to the mission statement and the basic philosophy that permeated the life and the leadership of our Rebbe and continues to inspire his Chassidim and his Shluchim, his followers and his emissaries worldwide. And so, let's begin by looking in the Parsha and seeing a very interesting thing. The Jews are marching out of Egypt. And where is Moshe? Moshe is busy sourcing, accessing something that has been sunk to the bottom of the Nile River for the past many, many years. Where is Moisha? Moisha is busy bringing the coffins, the Aronois in which Joseph and his brothers have been placed and sunk to the bottom of the Nile. And these bodies are going to accompany them throughout their journey for the next 40 years in the desert. And the Pesach tells us, And Moshe took Es Atzmois Yosef. He took the Atzmois of Yosef, for Joseph had made the children of Israel swear that they would and he had also imparted to them the promise that God would remember them, redeem them. And he said, when that happens, please take my atzmois with you. Now, the word on a literal level is bones. He took Joseph's bones. And Joseph said, take my bones with. Take my bones with you into the desert. Doesn't that seem... Like a little bit of a crass way of putting it, a little bit too too visual. Well, it, it's not so respectful. Here was this Yosef HaTzadik, this great leader who had saved the world from starvation. Who had passed on the magic formula of "Pakoi Difkoi la God is going to remember you. Don't lose heart, no matter how dark things look. So he was the example of how to survive, connected to God in an exile. He was the one whose encouragement they held on to, and Moshe now took his coffin. Why does the Torah, which is so meticulous in its choice of words, not say something more respectful, right. more bakovadik? That's right. Something bakovadik <laughs> would have been, he took Aroi Yosef, like we call it the aron Kodesh, the so Holy true. Ark. And the answer requires Hasidic insight. Because the Hebrew word for bone, etzem, actually also means essence. The Jewish people are about to go into a journey, a journey filled with challenges. They're going into a desert, a wilderness. Physically and spiritually, it's a place that's barren, it's a place full of dangers, it's a place of spiritual desolation, material deprivation. How were they going to survive the journey? So Moshe ensures that they are accompanied, strengthened by the spirit of Joseph and the atzmois Yosef, the essence of Joseph. Now, what was the essence of Joseph? We know that our name reflects our soul. Yes. Yosef was named by his mother, Yosef, which means, may he add because she knew that one more son was meant to be born, and she wanted God to add or give her another son. And she prayed, May God add for me another son. Hasidic teaching explains that Yosef there in Egypt, and we did speak about it a few weeks ago, is the example of the one who brings his estranged brothers back to God. Yoisef Hashemli bain acher. Acher means estranged. He's away. He's indifferent. May God add someone who's indifferent and turn him back to God and make him a bane, make him a son. So Joseph's name, Yoisef's essence is the Desire and the activity to welcome an estranged Jew back into the fold. In a more general sense, it's the desire to transform the world, which seems to be s- strange, not comfortable with godliness, everything mundane, which seems to be a reality, but it's not. It's actually just a manifestation of God's creative power. But to take everything in this world and make it a vessel and a vehicle for holiness, because that was God's original intention. And as we travel through exile, which has been going on now for thousands of years, and as we journey through our own personal difficulties and exiles, it's like a journey through a desert which is dangerous. It's full of danger. How are we going to persevere during these periods when we feel so spiritually empty, we feel so disconnected from our purpose in life, we feel like we are parched, we are hungry, but or we feel nothing. So in order to persevere through these difficult times, let's take a cue from Yosef's Atzmas, Atzmus, his essence. When we work And we reach out to others and we strive to bring even the most distant individuals back to their roots. The most rebellious ones. Not to be put off by that raging sea or by that seeming roar of the lion. And that we show them that they are really Hashem's bane. They are God's beloved child. When we stay focused on that objective, we are assured in the end that no Jew will be left behind. Our own spirit will be nurtured. We will not only succeed in bringing others back, but our own inspiration, our own belief, our own closeness to Hashem will grow by leaps and bounds. And that's why the first thing Moshe did was he went to find... Joseph's Ark to keep the promise that Joseph had sworn, had made his children swear and that wasn't just to keep a promise to the previous generation it was all about that the previous generation nurtures the present generation when we stay true to the values and morals, the teachings the guidelines that they showed us I think it's it's so pertinent that this parasha
1: of Yosef's bones being looked for and taken out of Egypt in order to go on this travel with the nation goes hand in hand with today's special date of Yudshvat. What, as we've been discussing, is Yudshvat? It's the concept of a leader. It's the concept of... The leader in the past, the leader, the current leader. And we've been speaking about challenges. Each of us have our own challenges. And as we've said, these challenges propel us higher and higher. But it's so easy to talk. It's so easy to say, oh, if we do this, if we do that, A plus B equals C, how perfectly will the math
0: equation pan out? Well, Mushki, in your... in your mission to Mauritius what have you encountered so the interesting thing is if we
1: take a step back why, why would we be in Mauritius I actually never saw of course not the previous Rebbe but I never even met even as a child the Rebbe of Lubavitch additionally my husband met him when he was just a small child he has no memory he has pictures but no memory What propels a young couple to go out, whether it's to Mauritius, whether it's to Siberia, whether it's to Malta, whether it's anywhere, Luxembourg, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, Hawaii, Hawaii, Hawaii. Iowa. (laughs) What would encourage and propel a young or not so young couple to be spending their time doing this? When we moved out to Mauritius a number of years ago. I will tell you, straight up, it was not easy. The challenges were apparent. On some days, the challenges looked to us like the ocean. Yes, the ocean in Mauritius is beautiful and blue and calm. Not that sort of ocean. It looked like, how am I going to cross this ocean? Maybe this ocean isn't for me. Maybe a bit of more than I can chew. And in a place like Mauritius, you know, the first couple years we were there, a minion wasn't easy to come by. It brings to mind the Yom Kippur, um, that we were there, I think it was either the first or the second Yom Kippur was coming, Kol Nidre, I mean, and if you think of Kol Nidre in your shul here in Johannesburg, wherever it might be, what do you think of? The flocks of Jews arriving, the pews being filled up, everyone, you know, jostling with their elbows, give me a little more room over here, it's not exactly the emptiest day of the year. In the shul. And we were waiting and waiting for a minion. Hmm. And it had gotten dark. Hmm. And as, you know, my husband and I kept looking at each other. It's Yom Kippur. It's not exactly a random Shabbos. It's not exactly Myriv on a Tuesday evening. It's not even Rosh Hashanah. It's not even the happened. It's Yom Kippur. And time is ticking on. And... You know, everyone is trying to ma- maybe if we go out of Shalom, we don't tell the rabbi and we just call someone. Mm-hmm. But Lema said, "You know what? No, it's Yom Kippur. No one who's here needs to put what themselves was this out for further. Yom Konidre. Kippur, And a man walked in. <laughs> if I tell you the joy and the size of relief that were passed, but it said to me, "What are we doing, biting off challenges like this?" But every single one of those ten men, and ironically more than ten women, was there because they needed to be there and we needed to be there for them thank God I can tell you the Yom Kippah's over the years have not continued to look like that a few years down the line yes even in Mauritius we're jostling for a little bit of space and Hashem really provides when you stick out those challenges now what would inspire a couple to keep doing that even when the challenges look like the ocean in front of you we are all part of that army part of an army, what what did we say is the job of a soldier you got to listen, you got to trust the general and what are the guidelines for success, what are the guidelines for moving forward two main two main channels will take you there, there's ahavat Yisrael, loving your fellow reaching out when your fellow is down sometimes being in an uncomfortable Yom Kippur situation when you can't Think of, why am I here? And Masirat Nefesh, that self-sacrifice of knowing this is bigger than me. And looking at something bigger than us really helps us to see the perspective within the picture. If Nachshon had looked at that ocean and said, it's way too big for me, what would he have done? He wouldn't have gone in. Who knows where we might have been. But bite off more than you can
0: chew sometimes because you never know where That obstacle will become that miracle. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mushki. Thank you for being with us on this Yud Shvat. And these, of course, are the direct teachings and the way the previous Rebbe lived, that Yosef lived, and the way the Rebbe has directed his army. And there is so much guideline. There is so much that has been taught to us as to how this army needs to march. We really need to listen to the General, directed by the Commander-in-Chief, Hashem himself. And soon, soon, as we approach the next Parsha, we will be at Sinai receiving the Torah, Chadasha. Mashiach will be here Amen. and we'll all be receiving deep insight, revelation, and all the goodness that's been promised. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos.